Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is it! The time has come! Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall and thank you for your patience this week. As I'm sure you can imagine, it's been a little bit more difficult than it is uh, on a week-by-week basis to bring you the podcast with this global uh, health pandemic that is currently going on. But we've managed to get a team together, people into the studios uh, to put together this podcast. So thank you very much for your patience. I know it's slightly later than normal, but we're here eventually in your podcast feed. And if it's the first time you've ever come across us, please hit subscribe on iTunes or you can get uh, an Android feed via the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. And it's with uh, the health pandemic, coronavirus, where we start this week's show because... How does it affect fight sports? This is what me and Spencer Oliver had to say on the matter at the weekend. We saw what it's done over uh, in Asia, in the in the Far East. We've seen what it's done to Italy. And now, obviously, we've seen it uh, come to the UK this week with Premier League fixtures uh, being stopped. Manchester City, Arsenal didn't go ahead on Wednesday night, of course, uh, because the Arsenal team had come into contact with the Olympiacos owner a couple of weeks ago. So they were in self-isolation. Uh, so sporting events have started to be affected. Mm. Now, we've seen in Italy, the whole country's been shut down. Right? Sure. So therefore, there's no uh, football or any large gatherings allowed now for, I think it's April the 3rd or something that they, they they put it on lockdown to. And obviously, that's a moving date as and when. Because nobody really knows what this virus is and what it's doing. We've seen numbers going through the roof. We are probably two weeks behind Italy. Mm. If we If we look back two weeks ago, Italy are where we are right at this moment in time. Now, I know people are going to jump all over me now and say, listen, you're going OTT, Catterall. Calm yourself right down. But listen, let's not mess with people's health. I would rather, I don't know about you, but I would rather go OTT right now and in two weeks' time go, we overreacted a little bit, didn't we? Rather than in two weeks' time go, I wish we'd have acted two weeks ago because, blooming look where we're at right now. Totally agree. Uh, you know, this coronavirus is serious. Uh, and people that are saying you're overreacting and don't go OTT, well, they're wrong. You know, it's a serious virus. You know, we've seen that, you know, people that are over the age of 60, 70 years of age, it can affect them if they've got ill health. You know, it can be it can be 
tragic. You know, it, it can it, fatalities, it, man. Fatalities, fata- fata- fatalities. Exactly that. So I'm worried, mate. I really am. I think that the, the numbers are multiplying all the time. And um, yeah, if you like, like you say, you look at Italy. It's in lockdown now. We we are about two weeks behind them. And let's hope that you know we've just we've got some. We've got some amazing sporting events lined up. We don't know. They're balancing on a knife edge at the moment. I'm yeah. going to tell you. You know, Zora, Usyk, been announced. Um, Povetkin, White, Joshua. Um, you know, they're all they're all announced. This could be serious, man. I just don't know. We need to get hold of this coronavirus, and I just don't know how we're going to do it at the moment. Mm. It seems to be it seems to be growing all the time, and it is worrying, re- really worrying. Well, we need to, we need to take action, and, and yeah, uh, in some way, shape, or form. And the the worst thing that you can do in a situation like this is wait. Don't react. Be proactive. Mm. And listen, I'm not medical. There's a, but there's a lot of people out there that have got degrees in this stuff that know what they're talking about. Mm. Let's take some proper advice off them now. As as guys that don't fall into a demographic that would maybe uh, come a cropper to this particular virus, it's easy for a lot of people like that to use that terminology. And I've seen it so many times. We need to change the rhetoric on this, where people are saying, "Well, it only affects the old. Well, it only affects people with underlying health problems." I'm not one of them. Well, what's this nah. attitude of "I'm all yeah. right, Jack"? We're in this together, aren't we? Hundred percent. We've all got elderly people in our families. We've all got people that might suffer from health issues in our families. What about them? You know. Yeah. We've got to look after everybody in our society on this particular case. Sport's important to us, of course mm. it is. We work on talk sport for crying out loud. This is our lives. This is what sure. we do. We follow it all over the world. Of course we do. But there's more important things than sport. People's health is far more important than us turning up and enjoying somebody mm. knock seven bells out of each other on a Saturday night. Don't get me wrong, I love doing that. But we can surely hang on for a couple of months. One hundred percent. Listen, the country's got to come together. We've got to abide by all the rules. You know, everybody's washing their hands and they're using the hand sanitizer and doing what they got to do. Listen, my mother-in-law, Jackie O'Connell, she's got cancer. You know, I'm really worried about her. She's she's nearly seventy years of age. She needs looking after. If she goes and gets that coronavirus. You know, it could be fatal. Absolutely. So. You know, I, I realise how serious this is. And you're right, it's not about sporting events. This is about a, a global problem that we've got. And we've got to get hold of it. And, and everybody's got to pull together. And they've got to do the right thing. They've got to keep washing their hands, using their hand sanitizers, staying indoors if they feel unwell. That's the key thing, right? Because yeah. so many of us, you get a sniffle, you get a cough, you get whatever it may be, and you think, ah, it's right, I can crack on. I can get, mm. to, I can get to work, I can get to school, I can get to college, whatever it may be. We're living in a, in, in a really weird time at this moment in time. And, we, and we've got to not be selfish. We've got to go OTT. We've got to sure. react, overreact in a way, in order to try and contain this situation that we're currently in, under. So if you are feeling a little bit under the weather, you've got a bit of flu-like symptoms and what have you, self-isolate. I know that you might think, to yourself, well, I've got to go to work, I've got to pay my bills, I've got to do this, that and the other. How would you feel if you passed that on to one of your elderly 100%, relatives? 100%. Like I said, the situation that I'm in at the moment is a serious situation. And so, you know, we're worried. We're maybe more worried than others because of the situation with, you know, with my mother-in-law, et cetera. You know, I know that she can't afford to go and get that virus. So I'm sort of extra cautious. You know, we all are. And um, it's yeah, hard. everybody's got to do the same. And like you say, if you've got a cough, if you're feeling unwell, if you've got a temperature, self-isolate. That's the only way we're going to get over this problem. Mm. Otherwise, it's going to be an ongoing thing. And, 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 you know, in some circumstances, it could be, you know, it could be fatal. It could be tragic. Regarding events coming up, because there's a lot. And we'll speak about this throughout the course of the show, because <laughs> it just, at this moment, we've got lots of UFC, lots of boxing, High level as well. Mm. We've been crying out for the best against the best, haven't we, in all these disciplines. That's what we want to see. And listen, I want to see all the events go ahead. Of course I do, because we've got some absolute crackers coming up. 
But first and foremost, we've got to make sure that everybody's health is, is absolutely paramount and looked after. Sure. No question about that. There's n- These fights are booked. I'm sure everybody's on board. And if we have to knock them back a month, if we've got to knock them back two months or whenever it may be, then fine. But the fights and events that are under threat at the O2 Arena, Joyce Dubois, I mean, how long have we been crying sure. out for something like sure. that? And for that to be knocked back, again, it, I don't think it would affect the sport that massively, you know, because I think everybody's in. They're glad, in anyway. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that because we're we're so fortunate that we're involved in a sport that you can just push it back. You know, it's not like... It's, 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 it has to be done in like a season, for a, example, in football. Yeah, it's not a disaster. You know, if, say, Dillian White, um, his fight gets pushed back, a month it gets pushed back. Say, if Anthony Joshua, you know, he's boxing at Tottenham Stadium on June the 20th. If he gets pushed back a month, then it gets pushed back. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're very fortunate in the sport that we're involved in that they, these things can happen. Now, away from coronavirus, Scott Quigg announced his retirement via his Instagram this week and we caught up with his trainer, Joe Gallagher, for a bit of a chat. Not only about Scott, but also about the situation uh, with Callum Smith and Canelo and various other fighters at Gallagher's gym. But we started by talking about the boy from Berry hanging it up and how hard of a decision it was for Joe to throw in the towel in the 11th round against John O'Carroll. We've got one of your other boys on the show later on. We're, we're, in fact, we're going full Gallagher today, mm. is what we're doing. CJ's on a little bit later on, ahead of his uh, European title, so we'll uh, be having a little bit of a chinwag about him, and now he's uh, going in camp. Get your take on it first of all, though. Is he flying? Is he ready to become European champ? He's ready to become world champion. Oh, there he is. There's there. There, there he is. Go. Always ups it. Always goes to the next level. Go on. He's he's craving that B2B every match. When, when we got stopped in that fight, when I was walking back to the corner with him, he went, I want to fight him again, I can beat him. And he's just got it in his head. He wants that B2B every match. And that performance looks mm. even better as time's progressing. But yeah. uh, he's, he's, he doesn't get much of a, the credit he should do. But I'll tell you what, he's got dynamite in them fists. And 2020 has got to be his breakout year. He certainly has got dynamite, mate, and he? I mean, I, I remember him up against an old teammate of mine, Frank Brulioni, as well. And that's, for me, where Callum Johnson really arrived on the scene, where he really proves he's stock. Because I'll tell you what, Frank Brulioni is a very durable guy. And, and, and the way that he took him apart, mate, just like yeah, just showed that he's, he, he belongs at world level. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Listen, Frank, as you said, Frank Brulioni, a quality amateur. Mm. We knew with him beating Jose Burton. Um, but when they made the Callum Johnson fire, I just thought, nah, this is... CJ's a talented kid, and uh, let's say Commonwealth Games uh, gold medalist as well, and uh, he's getting on in age, but I think people are thinking because he's getting a little bit old, but he's no miles on the clock, and um, before this European fight, um, it was around five weeks ago, Eddie phoned me and said, um, the CJ fancy, Bivol. So I went, okay, one minute, I just walked over to the gym, and I went, Cal, and he went, what? I said, Fancy fighting Biddle? He went, yeah, when? I went, okay, one minute, then we get back to weather. Not, wow, ooh, mm. not sure. Just went, yeah, when? That's all mm. you need to know about him. That's all you need to know about him. Good fight, that man. Let's make that Oh, fight. do you I'm, know I'm what? Yeah, that. same as that. Um, let's look back at last weekend. Uh, obviously, Scott Quigg, John O'Carroll, wasn't to be Scott's uh, night that night. I thought he dealt with the loss incredibly well, spoke brilliantly. Uh, Post fight, and he spoke brilliantly all week. I've seen uh, several interviews uh, that Scott has given off the back of that fight. Whilst you were there, obviously in the corner, he spoke so highly about the camp that everything was absolutely on point. But was there a point in the fight where you thought to yourself, "Blooming heck, he's just not the same Scott Quigg that was here three years ago"? Joe, it was like Groundhog Day. I'd been there with Crawler like four Mm. months, five months earlier. Like Crawler had a great camp, got in there, and he just 
it wasn't happening for him. And same with Scott Quick. Scott Quick came back um, for the seven weeks. We worked on stuff. And the, the sparring partner we used, a kid called Callum Thompson, um, he walked into the gym on Monday and went, I can't believe it. He says, everything we did for John O'Carroll, that we thought John O'Carroll did, John O'Carroll did. And mm-hmm. we drilled and worked on it. We'd read the script, but as you know, um, Spence, like Matthew Macklin, mm-hmm. who I've had training with me, that the, the, the mind's willing, but the, the body's not able. And you don't know till you're in there. And yeah. like I say, he was in there. And like I said earlier on, we knew John O'Carroll wasn't got to have a war. He was got to go to box. And um, he did that. It was just his timing was out a little bit. Um, Scott Quigg's always a slow starter. Um, round two, I thought they could have nicked two. Um, then six or seven. Um, and then that was it. I think in mm. round nine, I went over to Crawler. And I said, all right, Crawler. I said, listen, I think I might put the towel in here. And Crawler says, ooh, finger. So he says, yeah. I says, I'm, I'm, I'm got to tell him I'm thinking about it at the end of this round. So at the end of round nine, I said to Scott, I said, Scott, listen, you've got to start showing me something here now. Um, I'm gonna pull the towel in, pull you out, and Scott just turned around and said to me, "I'm not getting beat up." And mm. I just thought to myself, "No, you're not. You're right. <laughs> you're not. It's you're not getting beat up. It's not like you're getting. He's not getting hurt. He wasn't getting hurt. That's no. right. He wasn't getting hurt. No, no, exactly. no, no. And he wasn't getting beat. If you look at the back of the punch stats and the punch counts, round nine, um, they hardly ever threw anything at each other. T- people saying throw the towel. I've seen fights go once twenty one away and mm. no calls for it. And and I just thought to myself. That was it. So then at the end of round 10, he came back and went, well, that's a bit better, Scott. You showed me something. But then he went out in round 11 and he got caught. And I thought, nah, it's yeah. not happening. There's the towel. Now, people say it's easier to throw the towel on. But there was a difference here. I was throwing the towel on on Scott Quigg's career. Yeah. Mm. It isn't a case of when I think... Um, live to I, fight another day. It's not that. It's the end. Bad Berlin can live to fight another day. I was sure. throwing the towel in. This is the last chance. Was this kid, what I remember his career by it, and I just thought, nah, he's going, that's it, you're out of yeah. there. So when when people on commentary are saying he's not throwing a towel in yet, I'm like, the ref's got his back to me, I'm waiting for him to come mm. to my view to throw the towel, so can they do it? And that's what I did. And no. even at that point, you could see Scott protesting, but he understood, mm. and it was the right thing to do. But it was suggested that I could have stopped it any earlier. I'm like, hang on, these same people weren't telling me to stop it when Quigg got his jaw broken round four after Frampton. Mm. Yeah, no, I thought that I, I thought the decision to throw the towel in when you did was spot on, mate. I think that listen, I said that you're like a father figure to Scott Quigg. You know him inside out, and you're right, Joe. And I want to touch on something there as well with Scott Quigg that you were saying that he wasn't getting, although he was losing the fight, and yeah, he was. He's, he was like he, his footwork was slower than normal. His timing was out, but he was yeah. like if you look at his face, he wasn't getting marked up. He wasn't getting banged up. It weren't like some fighters when you see him when they come to the end of their career, they mark up badly. The eyes. Sw- well up and you can tell it's the end but it wasn't like that and I think it was no, only no. at the point of round 11 when you threw the towel in was the first yeah. time I see him looking a little bit unsteady but before that how can you throw a towel in on a career when you know it's a career not just yeah, letting exactly. him fight it for another day I was totally with you on that mate I thought that the commentary was a little bit harsh on what they were talking about because I was thinking I was at home watching that fight thinking are they watching the same fight as me because at no yeah, point was exactly. he in trouble no, I, well, the, the thing was, is when I stopped it, everyone assured me you did the right thing. You leave the arena and you get people spitting on you and, and mm. everything else saying you shouldn't have stopped it, shouldn't have stopped it. I went in the changing room and then someone came in and went, they're going in hard on you on the TV, you know. And I went, what? What? I'm getting stuck for stopping and not for doing it any earlier. So I said, 
May was the commentary when Quig and Valdez, which mm. absolutely took everything out of Quig, yeah. and whose face was beating the front. Why was the towel shout then? Mm. I mean, and the people, and the people, and I said this at the Boxing Awards last year. Fellow license holders, they need to just support each other. Not say anything because you're giving ammunition for trolls, mm. and it's like you should know better. You're too quick with the thumb and the button. And people who were talking the other night have had kids fight and been dropped and threw them into fights that were sick. And it's like, you know better, you shouldn't be doing mm. that. Do you understand? It's sure. a hard decision to make. Do you understand? Yeah, it's the worst decision to make. Listen, your job, your job is to protect your fighter. That's your job. But, and, and to make sure that he gets home safe to his family and his He friends. was comfortable in there, Quig. That was the problem, that it was at no point did he look bashed up. He was just getting beaten to the punch. Yes. And he, and he didn't, he looked, yeah, he did look like he, his timing was gone, his footwork was slow, and he looked like maybe his best days were gone because we knew what stage of career was. But he wasn't totally gone and he wasn't banged up. So I totally understand where you was at. I was like, I was surprised at the comments saying, oh, the tail should be in now by like round nine. I thought, well, I ain't actually seen anything where it should have come in. And you know him better than anyone. Round nine, hardly any of them threw any punches. Yet they yeah. were talking about it. Now, I've seen, I've seen lots of fights. You both have, where it's one twenty, one oh eight, one nineteen, one nine. Mm. Why didn't they throw the towel in them if they won't get any chance of winning? It's not sure. like we got dropped in round one, four, seven, broken jaw, split eyes, mm. nose hanging off. I mean, it's like, come on. I, I just thought there was a bit of a witch hunt there the other night, and I mm. just thought that it was uncalled for. Let's finish this on uh, on Scott. Your relationship with him and his career. I know that you joked on many, many occasions, mate, that you you want him to rest more. He wants to be in the gym all the time. But that's just him, isn't it? That's what he's all about. He's all about hard work and dedication. And if you're going to show an example to any young fighters coming through of what you can get out by putting a lot in, Scott Quick yeah. surely is the epitome of that. Exactly. I've been very fortunate, lads, to have worked with two kids that no one said they'd go anywhere. And both Crawler and Quick, they were training partners that pushed each other on. And it showed Crawler brings every bit of, a, I think, a talent out of him. And Scott Quigg has done the same. Scott Quigg invested in himself, took himself off to America to live the LA dream, tried with Freddie Roach. And he did it all. He has no regrets. He asked his parents to take him out of school to concentrate yeah. his boxing career. And Scott Quigg was never known for his technical ability. What he was known was his hard work, his power, sure. his strength, and, uh, and that willingness to think. You knew you were in for hard night's work. And like mm. Scott Quigg said in the ring, that fight four years ago, that's Quigg all over, do you know what I mean? But it just isn't there no more. And you know as well, Spence, the lower yeah. weight, the time keeps up on him quicker than the older, bigger weights, do you understand? Yeah, definitely. Say, the heavyweights hit the prime in the 30s. The young kids are all in the primes, 24, 26, 27, do you know what I mean? They're firing then, do you know what I mean? Sure. And, um, Joe, what people have got to remember, actually, is that Scott Quigg's been a pro for 13 years and he's mixed it at a top level for a long time. And speaking as a little guy fighter as well, I know that you get miles on the clock when you're in those fights, those tough fights. He's not had it easy. He's gone over to America. He's fought the best over in America. Look, the guy's had an unbelievable career. He's had a career that most people can only dream of, most fighters can only dream of, including myself. And I think that, yeah, that's a credit to yourself and to him for the hard work and dedication you've both put in. Yeah, and listen, he had, he, had, he had great mentoring when he first started off with Brian Hughes, who did a great job with him as well. And I just picked up the baton from where he carried on. We, we beat Jason Boo for the British, Rendell Monroe, moved on, world titles, pay-per-views. And like I say, he went and experienced life in LA with Freddie Roach. So he did it all. And when I threw the towel in, as Adam relied to, I'm always a bit of a sentiment touch. 
but I was struggling to hold back the tears because yeah. I, I, did, I wasn't proud of what I did, but I was at the same time. But it's, I was doing the right thing. And I said to Scott, if you've got to hate me, hate me. I'm not bothered, but I've just done the right thing here. And if you want to fall out, we'll fall out. But that's it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But, we saw him back because that towel wasn't seven fire. It was the end of his career, and yeah. that's what made it much harder to do. Do you understand? Shall, mm. we, shall, shall we? Shall we finish this by making him even more angry, or what? Because I want to talk Canelo. Do you want? Do you want to do that or not? Do you want to talk Canelo? Do you well, I'll let you talk. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk Canelo. <laughs> yeah. Go on. What has happened here? Because we had a conversation maybe about three, four months ago. You'd spoken to Reynoso, uh, Canelo's team. They'd alluded to the fact that they wanted the Callum Smith fight. What's happened regarding the negotiations? And to where we're at right at this moment in time, where it's looking highly likely that it's not going to be Callum that fights him next. No, listen, for whatever reason, I think there needs to be more questions asked how the fight isn't happening then is, is why I, 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 just, mm. I do not know how that's got away. We've had it in our hands. And from what I understand, I spoke to Eddie Reynoso. It wasn't keen in the Billy Joe fight. What the Callum Smith fight? Ring belt, shook hands. Then he's got to speak to him over the festive period and get back. From the understanding, an offer was made. Um, Callum turned it down Billy Joel turned it down um, and then there was um, uh, an offer uh, made to Billy Joel the way I understand it and Callum's, and Billy Joel turned it down but I think Callum Smith said well I'll agree to that so Callum Smith agreed to an offer I think Golden Boy were happy with the offer and uh, they wanted to make the fight um, but then after that then I think um, Eddie Reynoso and Canelo um, wanted the Billy Joel and I think originally when they said, oh, they wanted Callum, um, but he's made a big mistake. It was just a soundbite, but Callum went back and accepted an offer, and um, that was it to fight Canelo. So when you read things, he priced himself out of it, and 10 million this and this, it's a load of God's wallet, mm. you know what I mean? And uh, mm. I've said to Callum, well, Joe, you can live with yourself now, knowing that you said yes to the fight, then they never didn't want to fight you. So yeah. that's it, he chose to choose Billy Joe. Now, you can't turn around that they're saying, oh, Canelo didn't want to fight Callum Smith. He fought Mayweather, he fought Clifford G, he made him up a fool, but he, 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 he didn't fancy the Callum job. Mm. And I just think, said to Callum, said, he's just waiting till he thinks you're going to be absolutely at your worst. And he, as you're getting older, he's struggling harder and harder to make that weight yeah. before he'll take the chance. That's how I honestly see it. Sure. Especially for the zone then to say, oh, well, there's a Triple G fight and then a Maratta fight. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, I'm just speculating yeah. um, on what I read on Twitter. I used to wake up. I mean, Callum used to say, I've seen Twitter, Twitter. And that's how we were finding out very much like Billy Joe, you and everything else. And uh, there's times we were saying, you've got it. I, had, I woke up one Saturday and I was six phone calls from British Boxing Border Control officials, national newspapers and internet film crew from America saying, congratulations, you've got the fight. I'm going, what? So I've messaged Callum and I went, have we got it? He went, I don't know nothing. So then he's gone on to his lawyer and they're trying to get and he's going, no, we haven't. I'm like, that people are telling us we've got it and that's how mad it was it was yeah. like wow and so I'm phoning these people and going how do you know well we're at a good source you've definitely got it so I'm like right so it's gone from definitely got it to 10 days ago literally to you haven't got it and I just think how has that happened you know it's I mean? a bizarre world that we live in Joe it's like I was the same as you mate I was following it because there, there was so much interest in who's fighting Canelo on May the 2nd and I was the same as you I thought oh he's got the fight it makes sense Callum Smith is the world champion ring magazine he's champion is the number one in the division it makes total sense and I was thinking the same thing I was thinking he's got it then I was saying hold a minute Billy Joe might have this hold a minute it's, no no Callum's got it again and then obviously today news breaks uh, um, yeah, he, uh, that 
He's got it. No, but I, 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 under, I understand if they said, all right, Billy Joe, listen, so I thought to himself, can I go for Billy Joe to get the world title and go, right, I'm WBO. Now Callum Smith's a unification. Now we'll do that one in September. Mm. That's what I thought the big thing was, right? I'll do the two Brits, unification and the ring belt for number one. But um, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. But like you say, Canelo's his own man now and um, he, he chooses what he wants to do and fair play to him. He's worked himself in at that position. Mm. What, what does Callum want to do now? Is it... Uh, is it someone like a Keller Plant or something like that or a well, well, unification? Yeah, he'd love Keller Plant. He said there he'd love Keller Plant. Um, people have said Triple G and I've said, listen, Callum, we do Triple G. I said, but you won't get no credit for it, that as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, I said, people will go, he's a middleweight and he's 37 or 38 yeah. or whatever age he is now. Canelo took the best out of him. So I said, well, it's either that or we move up to um, light heavyweight and we start going after them boys because... Mm. Uh, I said to Callum, you've just had your tough mandatory. I said, you do, you can pick who you want, have a fight, get a win, and then see what's out there in September. If it's not Canelo, you can do a rider rematch, you can do Daniel Jacobs, you can fight whoever you want. Son. Sure. You know what I mean? Some uh, massive but, fights at light heavyweight as well, mm. Joe, isn't there? Yeah, of course it is, and that's the thing as well. If, if Callum Smith moves up to light heavyweight, I've got to bring Callum Johnson down to the middleweight. <laughs> <laughs> You may have seen that Carl Frampton's got a fight coming up in Belfast. June is the scheduled date. That might change with everything that's going on with coronavirus at this moment in time. But the WBO champion, Jamel Herring, is coming to town. Carl joined us on the show to talk about taking on this guy and whether it will be the biggest victory of his career if he managed to become a three-weight world champion. Now, normally, what, would, what would I would do now, Spence, obviously, mm. is introduce uh, a two-time world champion. That's what we would do, right? Okay. Mm. However, this man is moving into our world, right? He's becoming one of them kings of the podcast. Bro. He is. He's having a go, isn't he? He's, you know, he's, he's, he's not having a go, mate. That's it. He's having a proper shot at the title. That's it. He's, he's seen the fight disciples and the pound-for-pound boys, and he's thought to himself, do you yeah. know something? I'm going to get me TKO here, and I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to knock these lads off the top spot. That's what you're playing at, isn't it, Carl? That's what you're playing at. Listen, boys, all I'm saying is, we're doing big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and we're very happy. It's going well, man. It's going well. You, you're making... The... Listen, don't be getting too into that transition. We, we, we like to watch you fight, mate. Don't be moving too quickly into the world of media. You know, you've got oh, business to take care of. Slowly, slowly, catch your monkey, mate. That's it. Yeah, I'm... chill so, out, man. So take it easy. <laughs> take a bit of time out. That's it. You know what I mean? So, so uh, I know I know my number one job um, with the podcast is, is it's enjoyable. I, I I enjoy it and I like doing it. Do you know what, Cole? It, it, it's a, it's a release, isn't it? The podcast. That's what I find it. I find it actually like I'll, I'll go around to Jake's and we do the podcast. We sit there and sometimes oh, I'm stressed out, man. Before I go down, you've had a hard weekend or a hard week. You go around there and you're just chilled, man. Isn't you? It's like it's like a little release. Absolutely, man. We get so many different types of guests on mm. as well, and, and 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 they come up with new stories every week and. Even, you know, it gives me something to do. The guys kind of come to me in Manchester when I'm in camp. Um, yeah. And then when I'm out of camp and I'm at home and I start to get bored and itchy fingers again, I always know that I've at least one podcast to do every week. So mm. it keeps me busy, which is nice. You've had, some mad, you've had some mad guests on there as well. That wrestler yeah. fella, that Kurt Angle guy, I was watching that and I'm thinking, this guy's nuts. Absolutely nah, he lunatic. Was, he, was, he was one of the best. He's a, and he's a, and a real, nice, real nice guy and double, double hard man. Like he, he won an Olympic gold medal with a broken neck. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah but, but he's a good guy. Mm. Now listen, fights, let's get on there, my man. We're going back to Belfast in June, aren't we? Yeah, the, the fight's pretty much done and agreed. June in uh, Belfast. Um, 
We're still trying to get the venue over the line. Yeah. Uh, the where it's going to be. I, I want Windsor Park. I, I hope it can be done at Windsor Park. It's it's the best venue, I believe, for me. It gets more eyes watching. It gives potentially 25,000 people the chance chance to witness me make history and become the only three-weight world champion on the island of Ireland rather than mm. the Odyssey, which holds nine. The Odyssey is still a, an arena that I hold... It's special to me. I've had so many great nights in there. But yeah. mm. saying that, I I wanted to be at Windsor. I want as many people in there as possible. Mm. Sure. Listen, listen. You've given us some amazing nights, amazing, amazing nights, right? And there'll be people listening to this right now that will I don't know they, they might identify the Leo Santa Cruz first fight as as the best night that Carl Frampton's given us and what have you. I, I was talking to Spence and a few others earlier on about this. The, the Jamel Herring fight, given the magnitude of it, you just mentioned there, the opportunity to become a three-weight world champion, given yeah. given where you're at now in your career and given the size of him, beating him, for me, I mean, this is just me as a fan, would yeah. be the best of the lot, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know where I you're at with it. I, no, I completely agree with you. And, and I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is because I've been completely written off mm. uh, and people are thinking he's too big, it can't be done. Um, the bookies have him... Although the fight hasn't officially been announced, they have him a greater favourite, even than, than Leo Santa Cruz was when I went to New York to beat wow. him. Wow. Um, but, and, 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 and the thing is, people, after I lost to Santa Cruz, I had my first loss in my career in Las Vegas in a, in a reasonably close fight. I did lose it, but mm. I, I've been on the scrap heap for the last three years, according to, you know, according to Twitter. Um, <laughs> so, so if I if I listen to that, I probably wouldn't want to get it, out of bed. It's mad. Do you know happens. something? That is mad. The second fight is mad, right? Because I think we've spoken about it in the past. The first fight's brilliant. You beat him. The second fight, yeah. he paid you respect because he mm. couldn't fight his normal way. He had yeah. to go and do something totally different in order to win the fight. It's, sure. not, it's not because you were off the game. It's yeah, because I, he upped the levels. Well, and I didn't expect it. And he and he um, he changed like a champion shoes, and he mm. came in with a different game plan, something that we'd never seen before. Absolutely. And I think that, and I only had one plan going into the fight, and it wasn't working. I was just trying to mm. force the same plan, and it just played into his hands. And and credit to him, he he, he outfoxed me, and uh, and he won the fight. It shows you what a great fighter he is, though, to be able to do that, to make maybe be, to be able to adapt that way because we all thought he was a one-trick pony yeah. and then as did you so you went there with one fight game plan so it does show you the level that you're fighting at the, the calibre of opponent he actually was because mm. he surprised me with that as well of course, well you know he was a three-weight world champion when I beat him mm. and he went on since to become a four-weight world champion so the guy's you know the cream serious. of the crop and, yeah. and he's a serious fighter and that's, that's a, that was a huge win for me at the time and the second fight which I lost disappointed with, with how I performed but it is what it is. It was still a good fight, and uh, yeah. But I think this. I think if I beat Jamel Herring after being written off, and um, it's a real Samson versus Goliath one. If you want to look at our the, the pictures of us standing beside each other, but I believe I can beat him. Genuinely believe that, and I think it, it it'll be my my greatest win if I do. Hey, it's talking about that being written off, right? It's mad because. Let's, let, for example, let's make a reference to the Nanita Denair fight. What a night that was for you. Nanita Denair, off the back of that, then goes and fights in Nui and gives us one of the greatest performances of all time, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was unbelievable. I think, I think that was one of my best performances with, with Denair. And, and people, it was only a few fights ago, really. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and it's, I, I had to be so switched on from start to finish because I knew how dangerous he was as a puncher. Look, I know Nanito wasn't a wasn't a one twenty six fighter, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the bigger man on the night and was able to push him around, but still a dangerous fight for me. And, and I controlled it. You know, I won pretty much every round, maybe except one or two. Um, very, very happy with that performance. And again, that's another performance of mine. I think it's been overlooked a wee bit by people. Mm. Sure. I think that, I think at that level, Cole, it's all about tactics, getting the tactics right, isn't yeah, it? And, and, doing, and do you know what I mean? We see it. And that's why you see different results so much now in, in, in rematches and whatnot. We saw it with Tyson Fury just recently. I think tactically, if you get it right, then yeah, this is it. But Jamal Herring, he's got that size. You know, and, he's a tough boy. I mean, this is a, a former. He's a former marine. This he's a, lad. He's that's a, what I'm he's saying. A, he's a proper a tough guy. guy. What tactically will you be doing against him? Well, I, I think people look at, at me and and the size difference between me and Jamel, and they think I'll just have to get on him and get close to him. Mm. But I have a good boxing brain and I have good feet and good distance control. Um, I think it's 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 about using using a bit of everything, fighting him when I have to fight him. Um, trying to show that I, I'm a strong super featherweight and, and getting on my toes and, and outboxing him. Imagine if Jamel Herring uh, at five foot ten and so forth starts getting hit with jabs off yeah. a five foot four and a half inch. They don't not know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I like the way you put a half in there. Yeah, you put well. a half in there. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. Nice. Oh, I, I normally round it up to five foot five. <laughs> but um, imagine he he starts getting out jabbed by me. He not, he not know what's going on. And, sure. and he he not know what to do. So listen, mm. there's there's different ways this this going to cap. And I, and I think that it's a very very difficult fight. But I I think it's a fight that I can win. It's funny. I was saying to Adam about that as well. I said that the all stages of your career now, like you say, you've been two weight world champion. You're there. You're looking for that. You're looking for that other world title shot. You got the shot up. Looking to become a free weight world t- champion. You got to take these fights anyway, haven't you? It's like they're the sort of fights you're not going to get walkovers at, at, at this stage anyway. Of course not, and, and and I wouldn't want this. If I'm being honest, I want mm. I want to be involved in big fights and memorable fights that people talk about down the pubs in in 20 years time. And I feel like I've had, I've been involved in a lot of good fights yeah. so far. But I think I think this one will be very good. And and the difference between this fight and other fights for me is there's there's a lot at home. There's no real pressure on me because he's a big favourite going into the fight. Um, I just have to go out and perform. Um, pressure's off my back for once in Belfast, mm. and um, I feel like. I feel like I can do it. Genuinely do. It, it is. It is mad that, isn't it? That, like you say, you've given us so many wonderful nights. And r- r- thinking back to those wonderful nights, you were always you were either you were either fifty fifty going in, or you were the favourite going into those mm. fights. So there was that. There was yeah. pressure on you in order to, to to perform on the night and live up to maybe people's expectations. Don't say this the wrong yeah. way, mate. Yeah. But but I've got you as favourite going into this Listen, fight, so I, I'm putting I, pressure on you for you this know, particular you know fight. I'm glad as well. you said that because. It, it's, this is bizarre that we're having this conversation that actually Cole's got home advantage, which is, like, crucial. He's a two-weight world champion. He's not shown any decline in his performances. No. He's actually so a better why, boxer. So why mm. would you actually be a massive underdog? I think the bookies have got that totally wrong. What, are they going on the fact that this guy's five foot ten and got a long reach? Because that's, 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 so. that's bizarre. I think so. Look, you look at... So the bookies do get it wrong. and, and tend, they, they look at fights and they look at how people have been performing. They forget that Jamel Herring has lost a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. He he was dropped by um, his last opponent, Lamont Roach. Who he, is, he was lucky that night, man. Yeah, and he's an okay fighter. Yeah. Not, nothing special about him, that this Lamont Roach fella. So, uh, look, it, I can't really read into too much of what the bookies are saying, but mm. I know I'm I'm a live dog in this fight, and, and I think it's, I think it's going to be a tough one uh, for both fighters to win, um, but I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to, to get my hand raised. Like you say, it'd be great if you can get this at Windsor Park because it'd be a shame to have this particular night, a historic night, 
the opportunity mm. where one of their own becomes a three-weight world champion. Listen, 9,000 people at the Odyssey is, is a special night anyway. It makes some serious noise. But to have 25,000 up at Windsor Park, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, good luck, Mr. Herring. Uh, good luck, Mr. Herring, uh, with that one. Well, yeah, I, I think there's there's... There's people that want to bring. This is one that mm. people are going to talk about for a long time. If I win, and I and I want to win, and I think I can win, so this is one where people want to bring their grandkids and stuff and talk Absolutely. about the time I was at the fight, and they'll remember for a very long time. This is a this is a big night, a huge night for Belfast, sure. and it deserves to be at Windsor Park. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You may have seen on social media this week that Terry Harper has bought her first house. Tremendous. What a year it has been for her. She joined us on the show to have a bit of a chat about her upcoming fight with Natasha Jonas. She is a Belter. Terry Belter Harper! She's getting a kill. She protects Sarah Volstrom. Fainting again, Volstrom. But is she going to get a lovely shot from Harper? And left and a right. And he's a bad player for Volstrom at the end of the round. She smiles through the gum shield. And the new WBC and IBO Super Featherweight Champion of the World, Terry Belter Harper. She's been basking in the glory of becoming world champion, Spence. You know what it's like. Yeah, you know what it's like. But you know what? Rightly so, mate. What a yeah. performance. The oh. girl deserves it. Absolutely. She's been on her holidays. She's been topping up the tan. It's too, too busy. Too busy for the fight night show. But, uh, but she was told that Spencer Oliver was on the show today and she decided to turn up. A little bit of a coincidence is that? Is that what it is? This makes sense, mate. Makes sense. You yeah. know, TalkSport pays the big bucks. They get the big guests in. That's it. That's it. Is that right, Terry? Is that because Spencer's here? You decided to show up on the show? Is that is that how this goes down? Yeah, that, that, that's it. Oh, sorry, I forgot about him. But yeah, that's the reason I'm here today. Well done, Terry. That's it. When we need to get Terry Harper on the show, we have to get Spencer Oliver in because she won't speak to anybody else. That's that, That's how this is rolling. Listen, he's just made reference there to uh, the performance of becoming world champ, WBC world champion. I mean, come on. 
out of out of all the dreams that you had building up to the fight or maybe when you started out on this career, that surely exceeded all expectation, especially the, the way that you boxed in the in the in the back end of that fight, you put your foot down and just absolutely mowed through it. What a performance. Yeah, um yeah, dream, dreams come true really. It's so early in my, my career, um never in a million years. I'd expect to be where I am so early on. Mm. Uh, well, even in my career, like achieving what I have done and yeah, the the fight we were a very good fight. Um there were times, first few rounds I felt comfortable and then there were times when I'm thinking, Oh, I've a bit off more than I can chew. Um and then obviously towards the back end back end of the fight that's where I kinda I really settled into the into the fight and I was just enjoying the moment. That that was the best bit about it, Spence, wasn't yeah. it? I mean early doors. I mean we're talking about taking on a champion that has been champion for a long period of time. And it was nip and tuck early doors. It was like, what's going on here? This is great. Terry's giving a bit. Eva's giving a bit. And then it gets to round five, round six. Maybe you'll even a touch earlier, actually, just after round four. Terry puts a foot down and you're thinking, my word, this is unbelievable. The way that you just excelled and moved away from it were fantastic. Yeah, I think it was it, it was a case of like Terry Harper had never boxed up at that level. Yeah. Now, Eva Wallstrom, we we knew she'd boxed up at lightweight. She gave Katie Taylor a good day, go at lightweight. This was down at a lower weight where she'd been WBC champion for five or so years, and it was a massive step up in class, not a little one. And a huge step yeah, up in absolutely. class. Do you know what I mean? So we didn't know how it would go. And then, like you say, four or five rounds, it was sort of like quite even. And you're thinking, hold on a minute, this is good. now we're, we're getting into the second half of the contest. It's going to be difficult. But um, yeah, Terry proved herself, man, and um, come through. And what a performance. And, and you know what? From going on to win those titles like that, it just excels a fighter to another level. I'm excited to see, you know, where Terry goes from here. I mean, what is the, what, what are the plans, Terry? Um, so I'm next out on the 24th of April. So. We're not waiting around. Mm. Um, and that's a fight. Let's be honest, Terry. That's a proper yeah. fight. You know what I mean? Obviously, people know the name of Natasha Jonas, don't they? Yeah. Uh, being the first lady to box for uh, the women in the in the Olympics back in 2012. Um, taking on her in Donny. Come on, let's be straight now. Let's yeah. be honest now. You know what I mean? Are you going to be boxing outside Yorkshire anytime soon? Or is that now your home stomping ground? You can't go. Is that the new law in, in, in Sheffield? We, we can't take her out of Yorkshire because she's our girl. Yeah, I mean, I might, I'm trapped in a bubble. Once I'm out of that bubble, I get sucked back in. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be back at Doncaster Dome. That's where I made my professional debut. And the fact that I'll be back back there fighting um, Natasha, got a good domestic uh, fight, it's yeah. exciting that I'm fetching that to my hometown. Mm. That's a historic night. I mean, I don't know if, if you're aware of this. I'm sure you are. For, for for the way that women's boxing in general has developed since 2012 has been sensational. But now we're in a situation where we have, on British soil, two British girls contesting a world title. That's what dreams are made of. Yeah. Um, I, I think nearly every fight I've been having, it's, I'm making a little bit of history. And, mm. um, like I said, it's the first time two two British females are fighting for a world title. And it's it, it really awesome, the part of that. And it's happening in Yorkshire. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want to be going to the Doncaster Dome to fight Terry Harper for a world title, mate. Now, I mean, the atmosphere in there is going to be so incredible, isn't it? I mean, is it going to be a sellout? Yeah, 100%. Um, I know for a fact I'm not going to have enough tickets already. Mm. Um, well, you're, about, you're world champion now. You've got to get minions to do that, haven't you? You don't have to do that yourself. Still going around to the local people and what have you, have you? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I do a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Um, 
I learnt from last last fight. I had I did over seven hundred tickets, and that was that was stressful. So I kind of like got my partner in. She, she I've given it passed it all on to her. So she's not <laughs> out with this one, but yeah, it's kind of getting a bit too much for me to handle. But it's still nice to go and deliver and deliver some tickets and show people my appreciation. Listen, last time out in Sheffield, the atmosphere that night. I mean, it must have took your breath away, especially, like I said, the support that you were getting down the back end when, I mean, they're real boxing people over in Sheffield and they were obviously seeing the way that you were performing and they were realising that they were on the moment of something very special where one of theirs were going to become world champion and the noise level just went through the roof. Yeah, look, um, to be fair, I kind of have my, I have like my blinkers on and I'm just focused on, on the fight. So I think I was back in hotel room that night and I'd, I'd watched a clip at audience and I literally got goosebumps just hit like hearing crowd and I'm like that was a very special night to be a part of no absolutely I'll tell you what was special as well afterwards I saw I think I saw an interview with you on the TV about a week after or something uh, and you were talking about getting on your holidays and taking the family abroad that's what it's all about and that's what you're doing it for to take them all with you yeah that's it um, I'm, I'm we're kind of queuing up oh, I'm taking that it's, it's nice um it's obviously it's nice to get the family time after all the weeks that uh, I dedicate to training. So mm. it's a bit of downtime, and then I was still training over on holiday. Wow! <laughs> oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hardcore. And then straight back to it. Talk to me about the strengths of Natasha. She's been around a long time. Um, obviously, yeah. e- e- elite level amateur. She's moved into the world of professional, and obviously balancing as well, becoming a mum and all those types of things. It hasn't necessarily kicked off for her professionally. It's an opportunity for her. What does she bring to the table on the twenty fourth of April? Um, I'll start off that she's southpaw, mm. <laughs> so that's that's completely um, like uh, uncharted waters for me. I've not I'm not really not used to that style, so that's what we're working on. This camp is just getting used to the southpaw style. Mm. But obviously, she's she was an elite amateur. Um, she's got uh, like probably ten times the experience I've got as an amateur. So um, she's got she's fetching a lot, and obviously she's got this big big chance to become a world champion. So she's going to come and mm. uh, try and take it from me. I mean, she'll she'll realise that this is probably her last opportunity as well. She's got this she's got this title shot. She's thirty five years of age, and she'll be she'll be really giving it everything, won't she? Are you prepared for that? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're preparing. There's, there's, there's people saying it's going to be easy, but they're judging it off the fight that she had with Vivian. Yeah. Um, obviously, I can't, I can't judge Natasha on that one fight. She had an off, off night, um, and I know for a fact she's going to be um, fetching the best version of Natasha on the night. It's going to be a cracking night. Can't wait for it. Listen, I want to get your opinion, if I, if I may, Terry. I know that you, yeah. you might say that this is. Uh, for sanctioning bodies to, to deal with and whatever. But I'd love to get your opinion on this because you can bank, right? They don't call you belter for no reason. Mm. Now, <laughs> I, I genuinely believe that the, the female game, female boxing, has most certainly made massive strides recently. And I just think the next level would be to have a little bit of parity with the guys in order... What yeah. I'm saying is that is three-minute rounds is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, for, for this now to go to the next level, and this is, this is going to sound brutal... But we, we go to the boxing, we want to see knockouts. That's what we want yeah. to see. And those are the moments that go viral around the world. And I just think that the girls are kind of being patronised a little bit, just having those two-minute rounds, whereas that extra minute in the round, I think we'd get more stoppages and therefore the sport would grow even further. Yeah, definitely. Um, I train three-minute rounds, um, apart from the last couple of weeks when it's getting close to the fight, we drop it down to two minutes just to get used to the pace. But mm. 
I enjoyed the three minutes. Um, and obviously, like you said, there were times when on the last fight when I were catching either towards the back end of the Exactly. Round. If I had that bit extra time, I could have probably got her out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm down for the three minutes. I knew you would be. I knew you would, but you're all yeah. about the stoppages, you, mate. I know it. Uh, yeah. Finally, just a little bit, I know this is not your fight, but an opinion on uh, Taylor Serrano. We've been talking about the best versus the best in uh, quite a lot of uh, divisions, both male and female, recently. And we've got an absolute cracker here between uh, Taylor and Serrano going at it um, on the undercard of Dillian White and uh, Alexander Povetkin. Yeah, it's a, it's a very exciting fight. Um, we're lucky that it's, it's over here, so I can, I can go over and watch um, yeah, it's a very, it's like I said, it's an exciting fight. So I've wanted the the fight with Kate for a long time, and and now she's got her opportunity. So uh, it's going to be a good, yeah, good fight. Well, well I'll, I'll see what she did there, right? Yeah, so what she's doing, yeah. she's going to fight at Donny. Yeah, she's got, and then she's going to make her way over to Manchester a week after, and just be casually ringside is what yeah. she's going to be. I can yeah. understand what you're doing yeah. there, kid. Yep, so I, I just wanted to know what you thought your prediction was for that fight as well. You sort of, you've you done that really nicely, actually, because you, you've sort of built it up, but you never really give us a prediction. Who do you think is going to win that one? Uh, I, have to go, I have to go with Katie. That's because she wants to fight Katie. There yeah, you go, you see. You're you not go. daft, are you, Teddy? You're not daft. <laughs> no, she's my idol. You've got to back your idol, haven't you? Good girl. I like Brilliant. it. Listen, always a pleasure speaking to you. Enjoy the rest of the camp, and we're looking forward to seeing you uh, on the 24th of April in Doncaster. Take care. No worries, thank you. Take care, Terry. Super, superstar. That, that performance that she put in, obviously, uh, to become world champion was sensational and a real coming of age now, especially when, if you if you look at Terry's background and I know yeah. that she's quite early into a professional career. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable what she's managed to achieve in such a short period of time. Listen, Adam, she's a novice. In, 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 you know, if you weigh it all up, she's not been boxing a long time. She's never had a big, extensive amateur career. You know she's learnt she's learnt the game on the road really. Yeah. You know she's built up a built up an undefeated record. She's never really mixed it at that level. Eva Wallstrom was she was a serious contender, a serious fighter, and yeah, she surprised me. Mm. I thought it was too much too soon, as did a lot of bo- boxing pundits. A lot of people were there. We we knew that um, Terry Arbor had potential, but we never thought that she could deliver at that level um, at that stage of her career. So yeah, she's just you know she surprised us all. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like, that girl works. So so hard up there yeah. with Steffi Bourne and whatnot. I know that she lives, lives, eats, sleeps boxing. You know, that, that's her game. And I love women's boxing at the moment. Mate, right it's now. a good card, this. Yeah. I mean, the, the April 24th card, I mean, we've got to mention Shannon Courtney as well because she's mm. on the undercard here. I mean, we're, we're getting to a stage now, and I know we've, we've got there in America already with the likes of Cl- Clarissa Shields, but the girls are starting to headline these shows. Mm. And I just think that the next level, as I mentioned to Terry there a moment or two ago, if we can extend it to three-minute rounds... I think a lot of people will start to fall in love with it. You know that I follow a lot of mixed martial arts, and we sure. saw a wonderful fight last week between Joanna Jacek against uh, Wiley Zhang. It was unbelievable. They were going back and forth, whacking the living daylights out of each other. It was unbelievable to mm. watch. Probably the greatest mixed martial arts fight of all time. Mm. Five they, And their fight, five-minute round, Spence. You know sure. what I mean? They're sure. not messing about them sure. girls. And I just think that we're patronising our girls here. And of course, around the world in the world of boxing. Give them the three-minute rounds. We'll get more stoppages and the and the sport will go through the roof. I totally agree. And, you know, a lot of people will listen to this and say, what do you mean get more stoppages? They're women, they're boxing and whatnot. But you're totally right, Adam. That What happens is as the round, um, round unfolds, it ends. Yeah. Just as you're getting to the exciting bit, it ends. You need that extra minute and you'll get better contests, you know, because the girls are recovering in that minute. They're coming out. So you, see, you don't see many girls with many stoppages on their records. Mm. But I totally agree with you. And I think that that's, that's to move it forward now, even more than it is because like I said to you just now I love women's boxing 
you would not have heard me saying that a couple of years ago. It was something, point. you know, I've been, cov- point. I've been covering boxing now for for years, years, like 20, 23 years, 24 years with Sky. And when they first started having boxing on, uh, boxing on, on there, they had, um, who was the girl? Chris, Christy, Mar- Christy Martin? Christy yeah. Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a long time ago. I Even the likes of Jane Couch and I, people like that. That's from, right. I didn't enjoy yeah. watching it then. I never, it never gave me any satisfaction. Yeah. But now, now I'm... I'm you watch like, Terry, you watch Katie Taylor. As soon as, as soon as Katie come on the scene, yep. Terry, I appreciate what they've done. I love the, you know, I love the, I love the technical ability of the, of what they're doing and the boxing expertise, really. And uh, yeah, it's something I really enjoy now. And I think it's going from strength to strength. Yes, we need three minute rounds and I think we're going to, it's going to take it to another level. Now then, who's in your pound for pound top 10? Who's in your pound for pound top five? Me and Spencer Oliver agreed on the names, but not necessarily where they stand at 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. And this is how the conversation went at the weekend. Feel free to join in on social media once you've had her take. Pound for pound ranking. Yes. Do you pay too much... First of all, do you pay too much attention to pound for pound rankings? When we've got specific weight categories, you want to know who the best is at welterweight, the best is at heavyweight, blah, blah, blah. Do you look at pound for pound rankings and think to yourself... That there's much credence with them in the I, modern era, or not? I do, I actually do, because it sort of tells me at what sort of level that the fighters are um, in in the weight divisions. Mm. I, I like the pound for pound rankings. Okay, I, I do. It gets me excited. It also gets me annoyed. And why it, does it, it get you annoyed? It gets me annoyed because the wrong names are in the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> right then, let's do it then, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll me and you will have a go at the old pound for pound rankings. Right? Do you want to do? We'll do, we can do a top five. If you want to extend it, you can, you can more than welcome well, extend it. So what, what's your top five then? And well, you can do it in any order. No, I, I wanted to take number five straight out. Go, go on then. I wanted to take number five straight out and put another guy that's not in it in. So you're looking at the Ring, are you looking at the Ring Magazine Pound for Pound I'm, rankings right I'm now? I'm looking at the Ring Magazine Pound for Pound champions right now. Go on, who have you got at number five then? I've got in, at number five, I've got um, Tyson Fury. That's yours or theirs? That's mine. There's, right. there's is Alexander Usyk. Well, I haven't got in the top 10. Why haven't I got him oh, in the... Oh, Spence! Alexander Usyk's not in the top 10. Should I tell you why he's not in the top 10? Go on, son. Because I know people will be crashing their cars right now and they'll be falling off their seats. I'll tell you why he's not in the top 10. Because he's had one fight at heavyweight where he boxed very low-key and he didn't look particularly good. And that's the only fight that he's had. Oh. And he's competing at heavyweight. He's not, if he was cruiserweight and competing at cruiserweight, he'd be number one or two. He's not his heavyweight. He's not unproven. So how can you put him in at five when he's unproven at heavyweight? Oh, my days. This is a man, right? Let me just give you a bit of Usyk. Just wait a minute. I'm (laughs) going to give you some Usyk for a second, my man. This is a man that went to Poland to beat Kloacki. Yeah. He went to America and beat Michael Hunter. He went to Germany and beat Marco Huck. He beat uh, Bredis in Latvia. He went to Russia and took on Gassiev in the final of the World Boxing Super Series and became the undisputed cruiserweight champion. Great performance. He came to the UK and knocked out Tony Bellew. He's now going to take on Derek Chisora in the UK as well. And he's not in the top ten. No. <laughs> He's not. Because, Sweet baby Jesus no, because, and the orphans. Because all those names that you that you read out there was uh, was not at the weight that he's competing right. at now. Right. That's why he's not in the top 10. If he was still competing as a cruiserweight, yeah. he would he would be he would be in my top 1 2. He'd be in my top 3. That's if he was cruiserweight. But he's not cruiserweight, he's heavyweight. He's unproven. He didn't look particularly great Love in his it. first heavyweight fight. He's been injured. Yeah. He's boxing Derek Jezora. Yeah. If he does a job on Derek Jezora, then I'll whack him in the top 10. There you go. But only then. Okay. Until then, I don't think he deserves to be at number oh, five. Oh. Tyson Fury, yeah. the man who's yeah. just knocked out Deontay Wilder, yeah. 
in America, yeah. against the odds. Oof. Let's have it right. How many people actually thought he was going to win out there and do that sort of job? Yeah. Not many. A lot of people might have thought he was going to win. No one thought he was going to knock him out. Where's the guy's name, man? This is this is bad. Do you know something? I'm arguing with you, but I actually agree with everything that you just said. Yeah. Um, Fury is my number five as well. Sure. All right. So go on, continue. Who's your number four? Right. So let's go. Right now, now we've now we've got now we've done that. Yeah. Now, now we've now, done now, that. Now you've got that off now your we've, chest. Now I've got that off my <laughs> chest. My number four is a Nui. Um, Inui yeah. is my number four. Nui Inui, the Japanese fighter yeah. who's just won the World Boxing Super Series. He's my number four. Okay. My, I... num- my number three yeah. is Terence Crawford. Well, we've got similar names here, but we've got different orders. So carry on. So you've got Inui at four. You've got Crawford at three. So that means... Can I've got, I've got, yeah, go on. You're just saying one name there. Canelo is at number two. Well, we know your number one is there, baby. Let's go to the Ukraine. Let's go, Let's Let's go, go to the Ukraine, Ukraine man. Let's do it. Lomachenko, baby. Yeah, he's my number one. So you go Lomachenko, one. Alvarez, two. Inoue, um, sorry, Crawford, three. Yeah. Inoue, four. Yeah. And... Tyson Fury, Tyson five. Fury, five. See, I, we we agree on one and five, and then two, three, and four are a bit... Um, we've got the same names, but they're all over the place. So I've got Lomachenko as number one. Because yeah. he is just yeah. outrageous. Multi-weight world champion. He's only 100%. had, what, 13, yeah. 14 fights. He's just absolutely brilliant. So he's the number one, and Tyson Fury's my number five. Right. I've got Crawford as my number two. That's not a bad shout, though. The reason for that is because he was undisputed at super lightweight. He's moved up mm. uh, into the welterweight category. And now it's not his fault that he hasn't yeah. had the, the stellar opponent as of yet, mm. mainly because they're all tied up to a different promoter. Yeah. I think he's the man at welterweight. I think he would do them all. Including Spence, and people will think I'm mad for that, but that's no, where I'm at. I, I'm with you on it. Okay. Yeah. So he's my number two. My number three is in New Way, and then I'm putting Canelo at number four. Now, the reason I'm a little bit biased about Canelo, right? The Clem Butterall thing really hurt me a couple of years I, ago. Man. I agree with it that. Got, it got I to totally me. agree with that. So, totally bec- agree with that. Because of his misdemeanor with the Clem Butterall thing, the way it all came out, and the way that he made this meat, the Mexican meat bumming mm. ridiculous excuse. If we look at resumes out of them all, sure, Canelo's got the best resume. Do you know why? Do you know why um, Canelo went above just recently Inoue? Because I had Inoue at three before. And yeah, I, the yeah. only reason I've put now Canelo above Inoue is because of Inoue's performance against Nanito <sighs> Donaire, which it was an unbelievable performance. But he struggled, yeah. and that was and that was slightly, he came through it. He came through it, and that and, may, and that's why I just tipped. I thought, you know what, Canelo's looked great of recent times. He ain't been for done for any drugs in uh, just recently <laughs> for a year <laughs> yeah for a year or so you know so he's, he's yeah he's dodged a few bullets so yeah if you look yeah, at his, yeah. if you look at the names on canelo's resume yeah he's lost yeah. to floyd right yeah. everybody loses to floyd you look at the names on that resume oh it's incredible they man. are unbelievable man incredible it's absolutely incredible and it's not just the names on there it's the way that he's won it he's won them in emphatic style man he's mm. he's you know he's, he's he's sort of like taken some really good champions apart multi-weight as well multi, going up to light heavyweight against kovalev doing him yeah. super middle middle mm. and then obviously light middle as well yeah. i mean what a what a fighter absolutely what a absolutely. fighter and listen however you're li- listening to this right this moment in time i'm sure those five names are on yours as well maybe you've got usik in there I've, I don't I've, know. Got, I've got one for you I just think, before we leave this, go on then, go on. Just before we leave this, we we were talking about a top ten. Me and you have done a top five. Yeah. I would like to know. Yeah. Alexander Usyk. Yeah. Does he come in your top ten? Yes, he does. <laughs> Whoa. He's in my one hundred percent. He's on, in my top ten. On what basis? Because he was the undisputed cruiserweight. We're, we're living in a world where we're crying out for undisputed champions. Yeah, aren't yeah, we? yeah. Obviously, we haven't had that many. No, Cro- but he's a Cro- heavyweight now. I know that, but he was the undisputed oh. cruiserweight champion, and the level of opponents that he beat at cruiserweight. 
were unbelievable. They were all off right. the chart, and he went on the road and did them all in their own backyards. Sure. So he is in. He's one hundred percent. In fact, he's number six. Ask me. He's not in there, is it? You're not putting him in there. Ask me, God. Is Usyk in your top ten, pound for pound? Yeah, he's in my top ten. I'll tell you who else who's just um, managed to get in there. Um, well, go on then. Who's the other name? So I've got Usyk in there. I've got Baturbiev in there. Yeah, Baturbiev's in there. Um, Errol Spence is in there. Kennedy, Kennedy, okay. Golovkin's in there. Okay. Is is Pacquiao in there? No, it's he. Now Pacquiao's. Not in there, I don't Whoa, think. Look I don't at think the resume. In there. Look at the resume. I know, but Pacquiao's in at number ten, right, in the rankings He's... that we're looking at. Yeah. And you're not putting him in. No, I actually am putting him oh, in. Oh, you there. did right. No, then. no, I'll tell you why. Because I'm looking at the names they've got in there, but I'm just jumbling them up. That's the top ten that they've got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. Is the right top ten? Berbatev's in there. Pacquiao, Estrada, Gol- uh, Golovkin, Errol Spence Jr., Utek. Do you know something? Crawford. I tell you that's something. the right top ten, but it's just it's where you rank them. I tell you what, right? Chocolatito is he's gonna beat Estrada. Whoa. When they make that fight, he's gonna beat him. And Chocolatito gets back in that top ten rank. I'm having that. I'm, I'm with telling you. you now, he's he's gonna be back in there. There's a guy missing in there who I have been championing for the pound for pound rankings for a long time. I know you're a massive fan of him anyway. And I genuinely think at some point this year, he himself will become an undisputed champion. And he'll be in that top 10 and everybody will sing from the same hymn sheet. And his name is Josh Taylor. I think this year he beats Kong Song, which is a tough fight. He's, he can whack a bit, can Kong Song. Mm. I think he beats Ramirez. He becomes the undisputed super lightweight champion. And we put him in the top 10. That's Pacquiao out the window. He's done. <laughs> You're right. I agree. I agree. Actually, saying that, I think Josh Taylor might scrape. The, he might already be in 10. there. He might, yeah. I think Taylor in Pacquiao out. I mean, Pacquiao, look. You're a, you're ruthless, you are. I know, man, I'm brutal. Listen, Pacquiao's one of my favourite fighters of all time. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I'm talking about it's where just they Keith, stand. He's just beat Keith yeah, Furman, man. don't worry about Furman. We're not worried about Furman. <laughs> I'm saying where they stand right now. I mean, look at this. He's Regis, about to, be, he's about to fight Mikey Garcia. Re- Regis Progre yeah. and Josh Taylor. Come on. Come on. Go back. Have a look. There you go. That's got, to work. That's got to be worth number 10. There you go, Taylor for Pacquiao. Yeah. You're more than welcome to get involved on in our social medias. I've no doubt that when we wake up Sunday morning, it's going to be absolutely uh, abuse after abuse uh, after abuse, isn't it? What do you mean I've only got 10 followers left? <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That's this week's Fight Night podcast. Thank you very much once again for your patience. It is difficult at this moment in time to get everything together as we would normally do because we're not running at full speed with everything that's going on with the coronavirus. But we'll endeavour to bring you boxing content on a week-by-week basis. Make sure you come and join us every single Saturday night on TalkSport for the live Fight Night show. Full three hours of Fight Sports conversation. Uh, And if you can't join us for that, of course, just subscribe to the podcast because we'll put the best bits in there on a week-by-week basis for you. No shows to get excited about this weekend, uh, but we endeavour to keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the boxing world and the MMA world. So make sure you come and join us next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 